This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning. August the 1st, 2022, a new month's here in front of us. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Yeah, it's a little cool out this morning. A little cloudy, a little preview of the fall weather. Hey, if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, run on over to the AffirmAmerica.com website. Put in your email address. We'll send you out a notice when our next episode comes out. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Asian-American support for Biden evaporating. From the National Review, support for Joe Biden among Asian-Americans plummeted within the last year by nearly 30 percentage points, bringing the president underwater with one of the Democrats' key demographics 100 days before the midterms recent polls indicate. A July poll conducted by the Pew Research Center showed 55% of Asian Americans to be strongly disapproving or somewhat disapproving of Biden's job performance. Only 44% somewhat or strongly approved. In April of 2021, 72% of Asian American voters surveyed by the Pew Research Center approved of Biden's job performance amounting to nearly 30-point drop in approval among the fastest-growing racial or ethnic group in the U.S. Pew Research Center, black adults are the only major demographic group where a majority have a positive evaluation of Biden's job in office. 57% say they approve, including 32% who strongly approve. Views among Hispanic adults and Asian adults are mixed. 46% and 44% respectively say they approve of Biden's job performance. By contrast, a large majority of white adults, 68%, say they disapprove of Biden's job performance. Okay, so it's, uh, yeah, it's really bad for the Biden administration. He's hemorrhaging in all different demographics across the board, Asian Americans, Hispanics, blacks. It's just uh, the part of the Biden administration's policies, how they've performed with inflation, cost of energy, everything they, uh, they've done has been a dismal failure. Nothing I can even think of has been a positive in this first 18 months of uh, Joe Biden's presidency. So it's not surprising, and it's going to continue to hemorrhage as long as they continue down this same uh, far-left track that they're following, this whole transgender issue, this this way out of the mainstream uh, promotion of their just really weird ideas that have no interest within the mainstream of the American people. As long as they keep doing that, then they're going to see a big pushback in the midterms. It can't come any sooner. All right, headline number four. First, the Netherlands, now Canada's farmers, face fertilizer clampdowns. From the National Review. Undaunted by the uproar in Netherlands over the impact of farmers 
of rules limiting nitrogen emissions, Canada's government is now looking to go down a similar route. Financial Post. The government is proposing to cut emissions from fertilizer 30% by 2030 as part of a plan to get to net zero in the next three decades. But growers are saying that to achieve that, they may have to shrink grain output significantly at a time when the world is scrambling for more supplies. Also at stake is the estimated $10.4 billion that farmers could lose this decade from the reduced output. The tension comes as efforts to cut carbon dioxide emissions related to energy are lagging, so policymakers are increasingly looking to other sectors, including agriculture. Climate targets on nitrogen in the Netherlands, for example, spurred protests from farmers worried that they'd be forced out of business. So this is more far-left ideology being pushed upon the American people. We saw what happened in uh, Sri Lanka when they implemented these radical ideas. The people are starving over there because they cut nitrogen. And you saw parliamentarian president, the prime minister, fleeing the country as a result. And the massive numbers of people that were protesting in front of the government's uh, presidential house. I mean, it was just a complete mess. You know, these these ideas that are coming out of the World Economic Forum and Davos, and and uh, we can just see the results of it. So there's really, it's, it's just crazy, crazy stuff that has really no business in our governments. We need to push back. These farmers, uh, we need to support them. We need food. The world needs food. And the idea that nitrogen is going to make an effect on climate is just, it's just crazy. It hasn't been proven. It's not something that we need to be focusing on. All right, headline number three, Chicago prosecutor resigns citing lack of confidence in city leadership. From the New York Post, a veteran Illinois prosecutor reportedly slammed Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox in a scathing office-wide resignation letter saying her administration is more concerned about political narratives and agendas than with victims and prosecuting violent crime. I wish I could say he wrote, however, I can no longer work for this administration. I have zero confidence in leadership. And Murphy, who supports eliminating cash bail, also said Fox's office rushed the reform and that his concerns were ignored. And he cited dangerously low staffing levels in Fox's office to the point where one or two person courtrooms are now common. From the National Review, the resignation comes weeks after Fox told officials at a county board committee hearing that 235 people, including attorneys, had resigned from her office since July of last year, according to the Chicago Tribune. In comparison, the year before the pandemic, 130 staffers resigned. About one-third of assistant state's attorneys' spots have been vacated and refiled from January of 2020 to June of 2022, according to the report. The office made 280 legal hires in that time period, but staffing has still not reached pre-pandemic levels. Okay, so these uh, George Soros-appointed prosecutors like Kim Fox, they're falling all around the country. We saw the recall of uh, Bowdoin in uh, San Francisco, Gascon down in uh, Southern California and Los Angeles. We saw uh, Mosley was uh, recalled in Baltimore. 
And these things are just going to continue because it's completely out of the mainstream. We can't have these people releasing criminals back on the street. We had uh, just uh, recently the incident in New York City with Alvin Bragg and that 16-year-old that, that just kicked the crap out of a uh, New York City police officer and was released the same day. And he had, th- he had three other felons uh, the last few weeks before that, and they just let them out, send them over to family court. It's just a joke. We need to see these uh, prosecutors removed from office and replaced with a more common-sense prosecutor. All right, headline number two. Soccer player Jaylene Daniels benched after refusing to wear pride jersey. From the Washington Post, North Carolina defender Jaylene Daniels sat out the Courage's National Women's Soccer League game Friday night against the Washington Spirit after refusing to wear a gay pride jersey. While we're disappointed with her choice, we respect her right to make that decision for herself, a Courage spokesman said in a statement. 2017, Daniels refused a U.S. national team call-up because of a gay pride jersey. From the Daily Wire, Daniels, whose maiden name is Hinkle, was re-signed to the Courage last year. In a bizarre open letter to fans, the team apologized to the LGBTQIA community for re-signing the soccer star. In response to the recent news of re-signing Jaylene Daniels, We as a club acknowledge the impact this announcement has on our community, the open letter said. ESPN reported, We've spent the past few days reading your messages and reflecting on our actions. Uh, We are very sorry to all those we have hurt, especially those within the LGBTQIA plus community. The decision to reassign Jaylene was not made lightly and included significant conversations between organization leadership and Jaylene. The letter added, The priority expressed in those conversations is the safety of our players and maintaining an inclusive, respectful space for the entire team. Daniels posted her own response on her Twitter account, emphasizing that she loves all people regardless of belief systems or sexuality. Okay, good for Jaylene Daniels. That's what it looks like, guys. That's how you push back. You got to stand up for your principles. Cannot be intimidated by these crazy far left ideas. This LGBTQIA+, I mean, they just keep adding letters to this thing. It's going to be a whole sentence by the time they add all these different groups into this, this term. The gay pride thing is a very personal thing. So uh, nobody should be forced to wear something that they do not di- agree with. So Jaylene Daniels is uh, a hero in that she's standing up to her principles, and that's what you got to do. And these corporations and these these individuals that are feeling sorry for their views is just outside the mainstream. There's no need to feel sorry. You have your own principles, your own belief systems, and that doesn't mean you don't love those peoples or respect them. It just means that you have a difference of opinion, and that's okay. All right, headline number one. Released without bail, New York City DA defends leniency for teen who threw more than 20 punches at police officer. Law and disorder continues to reign in the Big Apple. Fox News, New York City prosecutor Alvin Bragg defended his office's decision to go easy on a 16-year-old caught on video viciously assaulting a cop who confronted him for not paying the subway fee. The teen's third felony arrest in less than four months. 
The teen, whose name is being withheld due to his age, was charged with second-degree assault Saturday after he was captured on a 54-second clip throwing more than 20 punches at a New York police officer, slamming him into a metal gate and putting him in a chokehold at a subway station in Harlem. At his arraignment in Manhattan criminal court, prosecutors recommend the teen's release without bail and diversion to family court where he'd be tried as a child and face rehabilitation rather than prison. From the town hall, once a case is moved to family court, it is handled by a separate city department, and the Manhattan DA no longer has any jurisdiction over the matter. Our system must respond to children as children. Violence against our police officers is unacceptable, and given his age at the time of the arrest, we consented to send the second case to family court as soon as possible, where he would receive the age-appropriate interventions and support he needs while being held accountable, Bragg spokeswoman Emily Tuttle said in a statement. The 16-year-old was charged with second-degree assault after he is seen in a 54-second video clip throwing more than 20 punches at a New York City police officer while also slamming him into a metal gate and putting the cop in a chokehold at a subway station. Under New York's controversial criminal criminal justice reforms, cases of 16- and 17-year-olds charged with misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies are automatically sent to family court. However, the DA can decide to keep their case in criminal court if the crime was heavily violent. Okay, another uh, George uh, Soros-funded radical leftist prosecutor in New York. These guys, uh, one by one, they got to be removed. The reason why there's so much crime in New York is because the criminals know that they're not going to be prosecuted. They can go out and they can beat the police. They can steal. They can do whatever they want because they know they're going to be let out. Cashless bail. This guy had four, three felonies before this one, been released every time. Giuliani was faced with the same thing when he came into office and he was able to clean up the city to where it was the safest city in all of America by his use of practicing the law putting criminals in jail, getting them off the street, and also the stop and frisk, which was very, very effective. The Democrats are far out of the mainstream. They need more uh, efforts to curtail and to practice law and to have a deterrent by putting these people off the street, sending a message to the criminals, allow for more lawful action in New York City. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. August 1st, new month. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandermark. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquise Vandermark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it. 